Welcome to the studio, Denise Tollefson. Denise, what's going on at Serenity these days? It's a little slower now that Christmas has come and gone, which I'm not complaining about, but we're still, we have this football pick em, like, Oh, league, yeah. And it's been so fun because residents and staff all compete against each other, and we just had... Um, you know, playoffs started last week, but we had a resident win the whole thing so that we do a, like a payout every week. But it's so cute because she calls her grandson and that's like their weekly routine now is to do their football picks together. So I just couldn't be happier for her. I love that. I know. And I imagine your mom is just getting ready to decorate for Valentine's Day. She, she, there's hearts everywhere because Giving Hearts Day is coming up, Valentine's Day, the whole shebang. Well, that's good, right? Yeah, paint the town red. Does your mom even look at a calendar, or does she just go from holiday to holiday to holiday? I think she has National Oreo Day like on her. I don't know. <laughs> I love she that. She celebrates awesome. every day. It's a thing, yeah. She's like literally the poster child for the National Day calendar. Yes, for sure. She is. Yep. Yeah. In another world, she could have that as a full-time job. Has she ever <laughs> submitted a day? No, but she should. Oh, she should. List she item. should. Would yeah. you please update us? I uh, will about, tell you that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Fantastic. and I want to know what she picks as her day. Because she's going to come up with something good. She'll sleep on it. And yeah. It'll just come to her. I yep. just know it. Yep. Yeah, I love like that. It's like a rhubarb Coogan day or yeah, something. Yeah, might as like well. That, right? Yeah, so celebrate every day, as Milo <laughs> Anderson would say, right? And you're here with Lana Whiting. Lana, a, a, a guest of our show several times over. Uh, personal experience as a caregiver for your mother who was diagnosed with dementia at age 58. A fierce advocate for all aspects of this disease and vol- a voluntary board member with the local memory cafe. Um, I understand, too, that you are having a piece uh, published as well, too, dining at the memory cafe or at the dementia cafe, excuse me. Yes, that was published in 2020. Three, so already a year ago, and I have a few other pieces coming out as well with that same publisher and then independently and also on um, beingpatient.com, which is an independent journalism source for dementia and Alzheimer's information. How has writing about your mother, I mean, this this crippling disease, how, how has that helped you? It has helped me because... Um, writing can be very therapeutic and cathartic for people, but it also has been an outlet for me to share information in um, a way that is more approachable to people uh, through that personal storytelling. I'm not one to really kind of hold back on some of the details, and I think that has been a really valuable resource for people who read my work and um, are affected by the disease. Okay, so let's talk about donating a brain to science because it is part of a bigger picture. It's part of research. It's part of study. So tell me, why are you interested in having your mother's brain donated to science? Well, first of all, I felt that because of the age of onset, my mom was younger, that her brain would be a viable resource for researchers in that area because They want younger brains. They want to see what happens to the brain and how it's affected um, at earlier ages so that they can uh, understand the pathology of the disease a little bit better. Um, I also felt I really wanted a definitive diagnosis for my mom. When she was diagnosed uh, 10 years ago, we got dementia not otherwise specified. So it was a very vague diagnosis. It would be like diagnosing somebody with cancer, but not telling you what kind of cancer it is. 
I really felt I wanted that for a number of reasons, for closure and also to assess my own personal risk for um, my own future. Okay, so you you make the decision that it. I, I've known several people who've donated a part of their body to science. And what's interesting is they've received notes back from the college like, thank you, your mother is done teaching. And I thought, what a profound thing to hear, right? Be like, yes, my mother, my loved one did help facilitate the education of these students to create breakthroughs in the future. And who knows if it's something right here or if it's something that becomes part of a larger study. So you make that decision. What's what's the next step after that? Because it's not like you just call up a college and be like, congratulations, I've you've you've won the brain. <laughs> yeah, I, there are many avenues to go, but it's oddly complicated, especially for the brain, because scientists don't want all this brain tissue. They want specific brain tissue in their brain banks. And depending on you, where you live geographically, that can be easy. If you live in an urban area, it can be difficult if you live in an area like Fargo-Moorhead. Um, I found some barriers there um, with where to go for more information on how to donate a brain. The NIH has a really robust organization uh, and um, brain banks across the nation, but that was not a viable option for us because of our geography. So I ended up contacting Mayo Clinic, where my mom got her initial diagnosis in 2013 and was connected to their neuroscience research center, who said that they would gladly take my mother's brain. Okay. So now that you have where it's going to end up, they I assume they're a resource then for you and they explain the procedures and everything that you're going to have to do from there on out because it doesn't just stop with picking the place. Yes. And... God bless them. They're scientists, so and they're not communications people like me. Um, <laughs> Do you get some pretty sterile letters? I did. And, you know, it wasn't like this regular communication either. It took several months to hear back from them. So, of course, I was in this position that's very odd, like, hey, you got my mom's brain over there. How's it going? And... um so it just it took a while to hear back from them. And once I did, I did receive very technical information that was um, results of where my mom, what happened to my mom and and her definitive diagnosis. and it was it was a really interesting process to go through. And I imagine too, it's your mother has a life beyond just her time and her body, right? Like there's, there is something that feels like, yes, we're, we're accomplishing something more. And, uh, you know, in previous times that you've been on KFGO, we've talked about your mother's diagnosis. We talked about life. We talked about being a caregiver. And this is one of those silver linings. This is a way that you can give back to future generations. And that, I mean, that's got to feel really special. It does feel really special. And I know when my mom was first diagnosed, I asked her, I said, Mom, can we, you know, donate your body? And she said, well, yeah, I'm not going to need it anymore. And so I kind of had her blessing to do that because it did feel weird to make that decision in the end. But ultimately, I do know inside that that I did the right thing and that my mom would want to um, do what she can to help solve some of the mystery of Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow. I mean, I mean, that's amazing. Okay. So 
Let's uh, let's also tell people if they want to read some of the things that you've written, like let's tell them where they can find those items. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm on beingpatient.com, which is an Alzheimer's and dementia journalism outlet. Um, it's fantastic. There's a lot of research-based information on there, and it's quite objective. So that's nice. And they can also find me on TikTok. Um, I have a lot of stories on there about the experience of helping my mom through the act of dying process. And those have been really impactful for millions of people around the world. Yeah. And every story is different, but there are definitely a lot of people who say, oh, do I know what that feels like? I can I I can tell what that day was to her in Fargo, North Dakota, because I experienced the same thing in Switzerland or in Beijing or in Spokane. I mean, it's it's amazing how that group comes together. Uh, if people are interested in coming into Serenity Assisted Living and Memory Care, they want to take a tour. They've got questions. Maybe they're even t- saying, like, listen, I need to talk to my parents about potentially donating part of their body to science. How can they get a hold of Serenity? You can give us a call at 218-477-7254 or visit us online at www.serenityassistedliving.com. And I'm sure a lot of great conversations happen around a cup of coffee there. We have coffee 24-7. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Thanks, Denise. Thanks, Lana. Thank you.